Hi, and welcome to Jazz Cafe. And tonight, Latin jazz. Hmm, nice. The Latin American rhythms and innovative instrumentation of South America have brought us many great names. Astrid Gilberto, Tito Puente, Carlos Delgado, Eva Peron, and Diego Maradona. And tonight, perhaps none greater than these playing live in the studio, the innovative, cold-burning star band from the deepest heart of Peru. Mmm, great. These guys have become real stars of the jazz world, taking, as they do, traditional melodies out of the 34-beat structure we're used to, and overcoming the harmonies with conflicting rhythm and the lonely, silent scream of the Hammond. They recently used their talents to rejuvenate a whole host of trad jazz tunes, including Buddy Sly's classic Top Hat Meringue. Mmm, groovy. So, without further ado, the Cold Burning Star Band of Peru. Congelado. Chi se che un sol congelado? Hello and welcome to episode 11 of what is rapidly becoming the nation's third favourite comedy sketch show about Doctor Who recorded on a Tuesday. The Oodcast. Wait, th- third favourite? I'm Laura Simpson and with me this week are Chris's Alpha and Sigma. Hello. And the amazing Candu himself, Andrew the Candyman Candish. Hello. And to kick things off, we've got a bit of a special announcement. Now, some people may have noticed that the Oodcast was a bit late last week. No one will have noticed that. Instead of a Wednesday, we came out on a Friday. But we had an excuse. Oh, yes. Because it seems that Chris Sigma and myself are now engaged. Yay! Yes, he proposed last Wednesday. I did, and unthinkingly threw the Oodcast schedule a little off course. So you're set to become a Sigma. I might hyphenate. Uh, Sigma Simpson. That has a ring to it. So, uh, when's the big day? Not sure yet. Sometime in June next year, maybe. Uh, everyone, uh, everyone asks about the date first. It's weird. I think it's just the done thing. Well, you don't, you don't seem overexcited by the news. It looks like you're practically dropping off in the middle of... Reco- Oh, sorry about that. Uh, I think I must have dropped off. Bit rude. Haven't seen you in, what, five years? You fall asleep in the middle of our reunion barbecue. Well, you fell asleep too. I did not. I'm doing the sausages. Why are you lying on the floor then? Well, perhaps I closed my eyes for a few seconds, but I didn't... Asleep in charge of a barbecue doesn't bode well for your impending fatherhood. No, they're just a little burnt on one side. 
You can't burn a baby on one side, though. You're not allowed. It's like the law or something. How is Luke, anyway? Oh, yeah, he's good. Still wearing that pinstripe suit all the time. Riding his motorcycle a lot. Can't believe they relaxed the laws on motorcycle licences last year. Mm. Sorry, everyone. Just sat down inside and before I knew it, I was having a little snooze. You boys okay out here? Yes, thanks. Uh, You all right, honey? Yeah. Feel a bit silly snoozing all day. It's your condition. When's it due? I'm just fat. (laughs) You got a name picked out? Well, we've narrowed it down to a few. Yeah, we're thinking William or Patrick. Or John. Perhaps Tom, Peter or Colin, actually. And then there's Sylvester, Paul, Chris. After his Uncle Alpha. David, Matt, and uh, there was was one more. Oh, um, the Merca. That's it. Lovely. Nice place you have here. Yeah. Leon C might be quiet, but you know, it's home. Long way from the Udcast days. That's what I was dreaming about, actually. Back when it was a podcast, before everything went mad and we were made into a 24-hour television channel. Oh, those were the days. Do you know, I, I think I was dreaming about that too. So was I. I was tending to my sausages. Honey? All right, I was dreaming about the stupid... <laughs> podcast too. <laughs> I'm awake. I didn't miss anything. Amy's Choice was brilliant. Wait a second. We all fell asleep just like the plot of Amy's Choice. Does that mean what I think it means? Yep, having watched the episode, we're all now instantly up to speed on what's going on and don't have to spend the next ten minutes tediously working it out through lengthy scenes of exposition. So I guess something is going to appear and give us an ultimatum in a second. Hello. There we are. Who are you? You're called the Oodcast, aren't you? Well, I guess that makes us the Dreamcast. What, the defunct Sega console from the early noughties that preempted the 128-bit revolution of the PlayStation 2 by over a year? No. Yeah, that, that wouldn't have made much sense. So, aren't you going to start undermining us? Ooh, aren't you a little misassertive? Stop talking, everyone. Laura has something to say. Damn, they're good. And Chris Alpha... Your Your view view of right-wing reactionary journalists makes you appear grumpy and stubborn. It's true. It's all true. What What are are you doing now, Andrew? Flapping your hands around in terror? They can't see that on a podcast, you idiot. Stay still. No, no! For listeners at home... Andrew has just covered his face in his hands in a very convincing pantomime of anguish. It looks very angsty. You really should see it. And Chris Sigma, your voice is shrill and reedy. No wonder many people mistake you for a girl during telephone conversations. I can't help it. It's just how I am. It's expressive. Also, Andrew and Alpha sound the same. Listeners can't tell you apart. That's not true. Who said that? Me, Chris Alpha. Can't you ring a little bell so we can tell you apart? Anyway, you are trapped in two worlds. Yeah, yeah, one's real, one's a dream. We have to pick one by killing ourselves in the dream world. We get it. Time to sleep then. Help! I I fell asleep on the barbecue! I'm burning! Ah! Oh dear, I think he's dead. Let's hope this is the dream then. I'll say. My lawn's ruined. I'm not clearing that up. But how do we know for sure? 
Well, we're all suddenly naked and about to do a presentation in front of the entire school. And my teeth have fallen and out. And Chris Alpha's turned into a unicorn. Nay! So we're agreed this is probably the dream then. Nay! Looks like Alpha doesn't agree. Overruled. He's a horse. Now how are we going to kill ourselves? Let's drive fairly slowly into the house in a van. That'll definitely kill us rather than merely leave us with minor bruises. Let's do it. We did it! We're still alive. And I'm also alive! And Alpha's no longer a horse. Unicorn. Whatever, I don't care. You beat us. We will now leave. We did it! Brilliant! Wait, if this is really like Amy's choice, this one's a dream too. Nay! See? Chris is a horse again! I'm going to rig the mixing board to explode. You can do that. Sure, it's a cheap one. It's made out of dynamite to keep the cost down. Hang on! We're still alive. I know. And, and look what I found in one of the microphones. Some sort of crazy space pollen. It must have fallen into the light-emitting diode and heated up, inducing a shared hallucinogenic state. That makes total sense. So what do we do now? Hmm. What do you think? We've got a podcast to do. But you two are actually getting married, aren't you? Yes. Yes, yes, we, we are. We are actually getting married. Hooray! Our genuine emotion now. Yeah. Unless this is still part of the script... And I'm writing what you're saying so that you can be very, very nice to us. If only there was some way to tell. There Yay! isn't any way because of our brilliant acting skills. You can't <laughs> see where the line is. Yeah, and we're just seamless. so incredibly nice anyway. Aren't we, Elf? Oh, you guys. Yep, so it's true me and Laura are getting married. Isn't that awesome? Yes, I, I think it certainly is. is for us. Don't get engaged yeah. every week because we don't want it delayed <laughs> again. No, no, that's right. Sorry about that if anyone did notice. Right, so I guess uh, after all of those shenanigans, it's time for the Oodcast News. Oodcast News. The big friendly giant has said he is excited by the challenges brought to him by the psychic pollen of the Candle Meadows of Karaston Slava. He says he is thinking of all the bad dreams he can now capture and that, frankly, it should keep those bad giants off the streets for ages. Saga have responded to Saturday's Doctor Who by creating a new life insurance policy for any of its members who are worried about being possessed by an alien creature. According to their press release, the scheme is designed to make the most of being a host. The Doctor would rather be a Time Lord than a Gelf. Yes, he would... If he only could, he surely would. In local news, I closed my eyes, drew back the curtain, to see for certain what I thought I knew. Far, far away, someone was weeping, but the world was sleeping. Any dream will do, except the one where I freeze to death in a poncho. News just in, a press release from the BBC would seem to confirm... No, wait! Oh, this is brilliant! No mid-series break to accommodate the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> BBC insiders have revealed an extra for the DVD box set of the new series as being initial rushes from the shoot of The Beast Below. The footage shows that the Star Whale was only a late addition to the story, added at very late notice, only when it became clear that the Merca would not be dry in time for use. Doctor Who to play Wembley. And finally... Is this the real life, or is this just fantasy? 
caught in a landslide, no escape from reality, open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a poor boy, I need no sympathy, because I'm easy come, easy go, little high, little low, any way the wind blows, doesn't really matter to me. Unless it's the one where I'm turned to dust by a noxious green cloud extruded from a pensioner's throat eye. Podcast news. So everybody, Amy's Choice. Pretty smoking hot episode, mm, I thought. Mm. Clever, deep, scary. Funny. Very funny mm. as well, I thought. Mm. Funny without it losing its menace. And with the same yes, sort of level of poignancy that I thought we've seen in some of the other episodes. Really great connections between well, Amy was, and Rory. I thought there was more poignancy this time. It was more of a direct challenge. It was a much more interesting kind of character piece than the others have been i think yeah i was struck by the amount of character development in there and the way that amy and rory's relationship developed in a way that we've not really seen character development so far this series um and also uh, as well as the way that amy and rory's relationships sort of blossomed and developed and became more solid um, the Doctor's character was, was explored in a really unusual way this week. Has well, anyone got anything to say yes, on that? Yes, yeah, I do. I thought it was fantastically dark. So many little self-degrading digs. What's the point of view? But the genius you know? of it is you don't know that they're self-degrading digs until you watch it a second time, mm-hmm. which is why it demands a second listen, I think. Mm-hmm. Lines like, that, I know who you are because no one in the universe hates me as much as you do. Yeah. That doesn't mean a lot until you know who's saying it yeah. or who he's saying that it about. That really struck me. The end, when you realised who the Dream Lord was, that, re- that line really struck me. And I was like, well, you know, after all the Doctor's been through in 907 years, um, you know, he's he's seen and done some very questionable things. Only last week he wiped out another race. Another race, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it, it's that old thing that I think Russell T. Davis was probably the first one to really sort of uh, nail that idea that he's not just a happy-go-lucky adventurer who rides into town and sorts things out. There are consequences, and this was a really interesting exploration of that. A bit unnerving, but, you know, I think that one of the strengths of Doctor Who as a series is that it, it can go to those kind of places Saturday evening, 6 o'clock. There's always consequences for him. Whatever decision he makes, he wipes out other timelines. Mm. He wipes out other things that could have been. So I think for him it's even deeper than that because he can see... He wipes out whole futures with every decision he makes. Um, somebody did sort of suggest that maybe the Dream Lord is a kind of chronologically earlier uh, incarnation of the Valyard. <laughs> oh, I've, that I is thought... very geeky. I love it. <laughs> if anybody's a, a fan of Simon Pegg and his films, I thought it was a fantastic fusion of Shaun of the Dead <laughs> and what's the other one? Last Hot, of the Fuzz. Wine, Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Hot Fuzz. I, I Brilliant. It was, I thought it was a cross between Shaun of the Dead and Last of the Summer Wine. <laughs> <laughs> But Hot Fuzz has got that aspect of a, of a small village yeah, not being that's true. what you think it is. I noticed something which I, don't, I haven't heard anywhere else, so I hope I'm the first person to spot <laughs> it, which is that the Dream Lord wears three different Doctor Who costumes. Does he? Go he wears, um, obviously he wears Matt Smith's, but when they're immediately back in the old people's home, he's got a version of David Tennant's uh, 
the pinstripe suit. Oh. See, now you say it, that... that and yeah. then he wears everything but the scarf, which would have been too obvious, of Tom Baker. The floppy brown hat, oh, yeah. the waistcoat, Hang on a second. Jacket. Which Time Lord wore this sort of Lothario thing with the red satin <laughs> cummerbund and the medallion? didn't say he only wore them. I said that a lot of the time he was wearing variations on different doctors' outfits. And that was a bit of a sneaky, cheeky thing, wasn't it? Oh, let's leave you and me here and see what we get up to. Yeah, that's a sneaky uh, bit of the Doctor's subconscious there. Mm. When I spotted it, I was like, oh, you cheeky devil. You cheeky man. (laughs) Going back to Laura's, or was it Chris's? Laura and Chris's point about it being like a Simon Pegg movie. Yeah, the monsters as old people chasing after uh, the good guys with Zimmer frames. (laughs) It's that old idea of like Frankenstein's monster moving very slowly behind you, but will always catch you up. The only thing missing for me was um, three of them sitting in a bath rolling down a hillside. (laughs) (laughs) A hover bath. (laughs) (laughs) Update it. Now, I I mean, I was quite proud because I believe in last week's episode I said, what will Stephen Moffat make scary next? Old people's (gasps) ear hair? No, it was old people's tongues, but I was quite near. You've got inside information, you have. um, Am I allowed to be slightly picky? I think we can go on to the the, picky bit. The the script, I wasn't convinced by. It was too sitcom-y for me in places the merciless teasing of rory got quite tiring for me i mean okay the ponytail was a bit rubbish and it looked awful but that's the cheapest gag they could have run on for that they didn't have to give him a stupid ponytail they could have changed him in all manner of ways people don't just decide oh well if i'm gonna you know in five years time what i want to do is or be married in a house i'd like a ponytail too Perhaps I'm overreaching, but I feel that part of the setup was part of the content in that they were trapped in this small town. As in, I mean, the whole point of situation comedy sitcoms is that it returns, it's a loop, that the status quo returns at the end of each episode Mm. and they're trapped in this way of life. I wonder if they deliberately wrote it in a slightly sitcom style to underline this idea that they were trapped in, in this small town and this. Maybe I'm thinking maybe, too much, but it's quite it's nice if it, it was to, true. Maybe that's why they gave it to Simon Nye, because, I mean, obviously, Memhaven Badly is confined to a flat. Sitcom king. <laughs> yeah. So. But also, wasn't the whole dream the Doctors, and therefore the Doctors got... He's, he's, Shared dream. It yeah. was all three of them mm. melded oh. together. All right. I was going to say, what does that say about the Doctor's opinion of Rory? Or Rory's opinion of himself? Or yeah. Amy's opinion of her future yeah. husband? But just, did anyone else notice the, the correlation between... Um, Men Behaving Badly and this episode of Doctor Who. with You had four characters in each. Two of them were girls in that Rory had a ponytail in one of them. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's, so. that's not stretching Gosh. it at all. I did get the feeling that it was so ridiculously twee. I mean, I, I've said previously that I think ultimately Amy's going to have to be forced into a... a a way of life that she doesn't want, that she mm. rejects, but she's going to have to take it anyway in order to repair time. And that's why the whole her baking cakes and occasionally going into labour, it felt so strange <laughs> Every now and sickly. Then. It, it felt quite, very not Amy. Yes, yes, yeah. very not Amy. I was kind of waiting for her to rip off her belly and suddenly jump over <laughs> her head. Ta-da, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> Sorry, that, that sounds like that a far gorier image. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> but we knew what you meant. There's no way they could have died driving a VW camper van that slowly into a porch. That's got to be a budget thing. I'm sure Simon Nye's original script had them 
going over a cliff or ramming full speed into... I mean, I think that's just one of those things. I'm sure that was a production thing. Right? Yeah, besides which, how many septuagenarian stunt coordinators can you get to leave out? Yeah. The, there's probably not that many of them. Apart from anything else, why did they get in the van to kill themselves when they could have just walked up to an alien and just waited to be oh. No, there was, a, there was a plot point put in there where they were saying, why are they not attacking us? Because Oh, yeah, they weren't attacking. Oh. Because they've realised that we know. They have to make the decision. Because everything's under the Dream Lord's control, so he can just switch off their violence whenever he wants. He's not going to give them the easy way out. It just shows three times, and I still haven't realised. But that, he let so. um, he let Rory kill him, uh, get killed, uh, which became the catalyst for them realising it was a dream. He's Ooh, the doctor. The He's doctor not perfect. Rory Sh- surely he, that happened because it forced Amy to make her choice. Da mm. da. Yes, but would the Dream Lord want that to happen? Well, he, yes. he asked her to make a choice at the end, so I would guess the answer is yes. He wants to get at his medallion. <laughs> Metaphorically <laughs> speaking. <laughs> yeah, but the Dream Lord didn't want them to survive, did he? It's, it's a two-layered two trap, isn't it? He doesn't mind if they die and then exist in the next one, they still die. Um, overall, most people who I've spoken to actually think that this was one of their favourite, if not their favourite, of the series so far. There were some brilliant bits in it. I had some incredibly funny bits in it. I loved the range of weapons the old people used. There was a flymo, there was a bird table. The doctor using the lamp to smack the lady off the roof was just a almost get out of my seat brilliant moment for me. I thought it was brilliant. Um, there were just so much to enjoy, including uh, some one-liners, which I thought were great. Um, ice can burn, sofas can read. Yeah, which yes. I thought was great. A, uh, follow ice can burn, sofas can read. It's a big universe. That's right. Yeah, amazing. And um, a, a small one which was tucked away, which I love for its poignancy, is "Hope you enjoyed your little fictions," which I think means a lot more than it says. And there's also "I've crushed your flowers." <laughs> um, uh, you haven't changed at all, apart from age and size. <laughs> oh, just you swallowed great. the planet. <laughs> Oh, and he also said we jumped to time track, which is what yeah. the first Doctor says in the Space, Space Museum. Museum. Yeah, <laughs> I only know that because I read the forums. <laughs> Did yeah. anybody notice the crazy green gargle blaster characters? Did they give themselves the, ba- the same backstory as the other aliens have done so far? You know, not exactly. Oh. We ran for the si- from the science and there were cracks, but it's, it was the whole idea mm. of a great civilization mm. that had been thrown out of its usual habitat and therefore yeah, come to Earth. it's the same as last week, isn't it? More or less, in that they've, mm. they've had to come here because there's nowhere else for them to go. So it's all slowly yeah. being pieced together. Yeah. Another thing I really liked was both the dream worlds were very much Doctor Who stories. That fact was referenced by Amy saying, yeah, we're travelling with a bowtie-wearing alien in a, in a time machine that's bigger on the inside. Anything could be true. But wasn't it lovely to have the TARDIS as one of the main sets? Yes. I enjoyed that. That was a bit of a throwback, which I enjoyed. I'd loved it if they'd have gone further into the ship. Yes. Ooh. yes. A, a sort of annex good. to one who one liners was the end when he, when the Doctor pointed out that the, the TARDIS was also a fiction with, the, you know, cold burning suns, do me a favour. <laughs> I, I loved that as well. It was great. And I think we're seeing a real, I mean, Matt, Matt Smith is amazing, but in this mm. one, we're really starting to see the Doctor. He's prickly, he's arrogant, he's a little on edge all the time. He's awkward and uncomfortable, but he's brilliant and funny, and, and he just goes off like a firework every now and then. Mm. Anyone that says he's like David Tennant's Doctor, mm. David Tennant 
was a very human doctor. He could mm. relate to people. He had, he was very emotive and he was also very empathic as well. Yeah. He knew what people felt like. This doctor has absolutely no idea how humans feel and mm. it just goes off half cocked all the time. He's really his own doctor now and just utterly stunning, I think. Yeah, brilliant. So we all agree it I was agree brilliant. Too. It was yeah. great. <laughs> It was brilliant. I know we've finished the review now, but I just wanted to say that what other programme except Doctor Who can just decide to have a surreal episode to just sort of whiz off in this direction and it fits within the f- structure of the show? I yeah. think it shows a real strength. It is the best Buffy. idea. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I th- the best I think, idea in telly ever. I think it was slightly lacking in that I would have loved to have seen the Doctor with some maracas and a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> and also a sort of a preemptive. Um, yeah, public service type warning. Oh, kids, the perils of hallucinogenic substances. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one is going to be buying space pollen after that. <laughs> and hay fever is going to be a killer this year. Oh, man. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, what? Have you got any, you know... What? You know, stuff. Stuff? This shop sells substances, doesn't it? Every shop sells some kind of substance. Good. Well, do you have any reticulum fairy dust? Nope. Sontaran battle juice? No. Sycorax trip? No. Oh, no, that's a band. Saw them on Mercer Minor, I think. Rather good. Look, mate, are you having me on? Certainly not. Do I look like I'm having you on? Yes. Ah, it's the bow tie, isn't it? Well, don't let that fool you. Bow ties are cool now. Well, you're well out of touch with the world then. Are you a copper? A copper what? Oh, police. You're a drug dealer. If I was, I would have arrested you by now. What makes you think I'm a dealer? I'm not. That might work if you didn't look like one. And you didn't have a shop on Camden High Street. Now, have you got any? I still don't know what you want. We've got magic mushrooms. No, hate mushrooms. Leave such a nasty taste in my mouth. Like you've been licking a cliff face after a storm. What about robot oil? No. Omega's Revenge? No. Andromeda biscuits? No. Pocket pills? No. Malmouth tooth? What? No. Jaggeroff crystals? No. Oh, what about that root? You know, it grows only on the moons of Fraxibus and thrives on... No. Oh, shame. You can make a nice crumble with that. I've never heard of any of these. Are you making them up? Certainly not. Do you stock any Metabilis rocks? No. None at all? Nope. Call yourself a dealer? You should be ashamed of yourself. I thought every self-respecting drug retailer had those. But I've never even heard of it. Right. Well, this is a long shot, but Rassilon's dandruff? No. (sighs) I suppose I'll just take some of that psychic pollen then. So anyway... Um, that's about it this week thank you very much for listening and downloading and for all the fantastic lovely comments as always we're still getting lovely comments in every week which is brilliant Um, so I guess we should say goodbye so uh, goodbye from Andy bye and Chris Sigma Aloha (laughs) Laura (laughs) Toodle Pip everyone I'm Uh, getting married and me, Chris Alva, who's not getting married. Goodbye. And we'll leave you this week with a treat from the back catalogue of Fleetwood Mac.
Remember what you have.